0: This is Straight Talk for Mental Health. Hi there. Welcome back to Straight Talk for Mental Health. I'm here with Janice D'Souza. She's our associate therapist uh, at KG and Associate. So welcome back, Janice. How are you?
1: Hi, Karen. I'm doing I'm doing well today. Um, the weather's looking great as well, nice and sunny. How about you?
0: I know it makes such a difference, even yeah. when it's cold to see the sunshine, but I know, you know, the days are continuing to get shorter for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. I honestly can't believe it's December. I mean, I'm still writing November on all of my notes. Somehow (laughs) it all crept up on us, didn't it?
1: It absolutely did. I feel like every year I'm like, wow, the year went by so quick. And I just keep saying it every single year.
0: And before you know it, it's like January 1st. (laughs) I know exactly. It's here. So listen, I know we just recently started back into our podcast. I'm so thrilled for that. And I know that you're leaving for the most of the month of December. So this is our last, uh, even though it's our third, it's also our last. And I know in the new year we'll be, you know, we'll be putting a lot more on this and, and having them more frequent, but today is third and last of the year. So what I wanted to talk to you about today is your work with students and um, how we are helping people look at how to take advantage of the end of the year and the beginning of a new year. So I want to hear what, like, let's just open it up and talk about New Year's resolutions. I feel like, like that's such a Such a big term in some ways. What do what do you think about resolutions?
1: Yeah, so personally for me, um, I know growing up, I used to be very big on making New Year's resolutions, and I would maybe pick like one or two items, whether that was like eating healthier or working out. And I remember like towards the end of every year, everyone would talk about it, like everyone would kind of compare New Year's resolutions and like say like what meant more to which person. Um, And I remember getting into like New Year, the first few weeks, I was so focused on like, yes, let me do this. Like, I'll change my eating habits. I'll work out more. I placed a lot of pressure to meet that resolution. Um, But I'll be completely honest, like as we got into February, even March, it kind of, I dropped the ball on it. And it, it just, I don't know what it was. It was almost like, I placed all this emphasis on it in like January, and then I kind of just dropped it. Um, What are your thoughts on resolutions and New Year's?
0: Yeah, I think think you're absolutely right. I think it's like we all go into it with good intentions, and then it doesn't stick, right? So I feel like, you know, maybe this is what the name of this podcast is going to be, Why Resolutions Don't Work. So I think, I think we, you know, this is why I always hear this from the nutritionists we work with and the personal (laughs) trainers we work with, uh, for our clients that, that the gyms are packed in January, right? Uh, I'm I'm sure the same would go for things like Weight Watcher groups and Jenny Craig's and, you know, it's like everybody signs on January. And then there's this huge drop off sometimes even by February, And then I think it actually, I think it's, it's not only that it doesn't work. I think it actually makes us feel worse because it's feel, it almost feels like we've let ourselves down. Yes. I've noticed that too, you know, so I, I want to talk about this because I think we have to figure this out. My personal idea is that there are two benchmark dates of the year. There's probably others, but for me and the work that I do and in my own life, The Tuesday after Labor Day and January 1st tend to be what I call the benchmark dates. And I do think that those are still good dates where we recontract with Mm ourselves because it's just those dates stand out. Even if you're not a student, somehow it's like the summer's over and (laughs) the kids go back to school, whether you're one of the students or not. And I do think it's a recontracting time, but I think what often happens is that we get lost in our thoughts and we just make like commitments from our head rather than our heart, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. A lot of times I felt like I just had to
0: make a resolution
1: also because everyone was talking about it. Um, And I would just find something where I was like, okay, you know, to meet kind of like my own expectation or just the fact that like, I'm going to make this change, um, whether like you said, that's after Labor's Day. Cause yes, after Labor's Day too, feels like a restart. Yeah. Um, And same with January 1st. So yeah, I definitely get that.
0: Yeah. And you know what, now that I'm thinking about it and listening to you, there's a third benchmark date, I believe in the third one is our birthday, right? Oh, yeah. And I started this tradition a long time ago that if I'm celebrating mine or somebody else's birthday, I always say, what was your highlight of the year, like in the past year? And what do you want to look forward to in the next mm-hmm. year? And I love taking stock with that. Um, So at any of those benchmark dates, I feel like not so much from our head, but maybe from our heart, it's taking stock, right? Um, This is similar to what we teach our clients about the four part DBT meditations where there's a, that little check-in with ourselves every day. Um, I love doing that exercise. And what I think the, um, like the benefit of it is, is that we get off the treadmill because we're all so busy, but if we can mm-hmm. take those couple of minutes to just observe ourselves or observe our life, it's so renewing, right? So this taking stock, and as you know, with the meditations, it's not like a, it's not a checklist. It's not you know writing out. It's really mm-hmm. here, because it has to mean more. Because if it, you know, sometimes they say the longest foot in the world is between our head and our heart, right? Um, yes. <laughs> because if they're not aligned, you know, then then it doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen, and then we feel worse. Um. So this similar to what we do in the four part meditation it's that taking stock of Mm -hmm. our year um and so yeah as as 2022 is winding down i think i think it's extremely helpful to get into a mindful place where we can look first of all at what we're proud of because you know in our work we have to be able to look at it from both sides we make the healthy self bigger And we heal the wounded self. So if we talk about the healthy self, where it's just like, yeah, like, what did we actually pull off this year, you know?
1: Right, absolutely. And I love that. And I love how you're going back to the DBT four-part meditation, because that's actually one of my favorites in the work we do as well. Like you said, that mindfulness piece, which not only applies to our everyday lives, but even if I look back at this entire year as a whole for even myself, um, and I need to reflect back on something that I feel very proud of, something that's coming from my healthy self. I would say completing my master's um, after three whole years, like I know just getting into the program. Um, a lot of times I felt like my wound self was coming up because I had got rejected from a couple of schools initially, but it was that push to keep going. And I think this year being at graduation and finally being up there, I was very proud of myself. And I think that's where that healthy self came out. And I was like, okay, like, you know, this is a good year. Um, Even coming out of COVID and everything, I was like, this is a good year. So that was that was something that really was important for me this year and really came from that healthy self. And, you know,
0: Yeah, I love that story. I had to try many times for the master's too. And I remember going, okay, what can I do? My marks are good. My volunteer experience was stellar. I'm like, and they're like, it's a lottery, just keep trying. Mm -hmm. So I love that story. And think about how many times we hear about the healthy self imagery from graduation, right? And I know like our last two podcasts were for students and transitions to post-secondary. But how many times do we hear that our our graduation image is what can feed the healthy self? So your story of persistence. So I guess if you were doing that part of your DBT meditation for the affirmation, would it be that it reminded you that you're a persistent person or what would you um, say got you to that graduation?
1: Yes, that's exactly it. It's that persistence and not giving up. Um, I think that's kind of what was very key for me, just that piece of like not giving up and kind of like, it wasn't like, okay, I got rejected once, twice, three times, let's just forget about it. You know, like, it did hurt for sure. I think it did like take a little bit of a toll. I there were many times where I'm like, is it worth it? Should I do it? But I just there was something inside that was like, this is my path. Um, And I wanted to do this. So just like keeping on trying that persistency never giving up
0: was really what
1: um, I would say, like, went really well for me and what I would take like with me.
0: Yeah. I love, I love that story because you know, what we try to teach our clients is that idea of what do you really want? Right. Yes. What you want, what you really want. And it's so simple and complicated at the same time, but recognizing that this was your pathway And feeling kind of that calling or knowing you're on the right pathway. You Mm -hmm. must have had something within yourself that kind of confirmed for you that you were you were going in the right direction. It just took more attempts, you know? Yes, exactly.
1: That's exactly what it was.
0: Yeah. For me, the highlight I would say was my skydive. Like I love traveling. I love the adventures. Um, I was thinking about this last night that really like I'm just so Pumped up by the year I had traveling again, and um, I know I posted about this, but yeah, facing fears. I mean, Mm -hmm. I said to somebody last night, if if somebody had come to me, you know, a year or two ago, and Karen, you're going to be skydiving, like, no, thank you. (laughs) Um, And I loved how not only did I get out of the plane, I mean, I don't know if I would have if I wasn't attached to somebody, but (laughs) but what I put to the test there was this ability to be mindful because mm-hmm. otherwise my fears about that would have hijacked the whole experience and um, not indulging the fear narrative and staying mindful and staying connected to my breath so I could be present actually allowed me to enjoy the whole experience more and I can't tell you how uh, like a profound effect that's had for me and not only me personally, but in the work that I'm doing, because I love it when I can put things to the test in my own Mm -hmm. life. And then I have that personal experience with it that then just, I don't know. It just helps me inform our clients in a better way because I'm not just like talking theory. I'm saying, no, listen, like, yes, not, not that it has to work for everybody the same It worked for me, but you just have that, Uh, faith and trust in what we're teaching
1: Mm -hmm, definitely I remember seeing your video of the skydiving and I was like wow you go Karen like I think that's still on my bucket list to do um facing that fear but you know that's amazing like I'm really glad you did that
0: yeah me too I I I think it was you know it, it was great and you know I proved so much to myself and then I think I even got like my, I got, I got so many zillion mother points from my daughter on that. Cause she's like, I can't believe you <laughs> did that. And it, it's almost, I said to somebody the other day, I said, God, I would have done this years ago if I knew it was going to increase my mother points. But I think my <laughs> Madeline has like a whole new level of respect for me that, that she may have not had before <laughs> because, uh, cause I could do that. But okay. So that's part of taking stock because Because you're going to move persistence forward, you're going to take Mm -hmm. the persistence of 2022. And you're going to take it into 2023 what in whatever direction that needs to go. Um, For me, I'm taking the strength, uh, the pride of facing fears. Mm -hmm. And the proof of how mindfulness works, you know. Yes. So it's always about taking stock of that, but then how am I moving that forward? And so for me, it feels more like that deeper commitment at that more spiritual level, rather than I'm going to, you know, you know, I don't know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna base jump. I don't know, like what else? Right. What comes after skydiving? So it's not so much like this is what I have to do. It's that. I want to be on the lookout for ways I can use the mindfulness moving forward. And for you, it might be how you're going to move persistence forward. And yeah, maybe that does help us identify specific go-tos because Mm -hmm. obviously when we can identify concrete actions, the accountability goes up. Um, But at a spiritual level, if we don't have it down here, and we can make all the lists in the world, but it won't matter. Right. Cause it's like, they're just lists that I'm not really connected to.
1: Yes. No, I like that. Like tuning in with our hearts and then letting that guide kind of like whether we, you know, want to put into words a specific resolution, but it's not just like, like you said, a list of things we want to do. It's kind of like being guided by your heart and then kind of fulfilling those um, things that we want to do for the new year.
0: Yeah, obviously, part of taking stock is also about what lessons we learned. Yes. Um, So this whole idea of like where we had hardship or pain or conflict or loss or trauma. I mean, obviously, it's, you know, a lot of people are really still struggling out there, sometimes Mm -hmm. even increased levels with how the world is right now and economics and, coming out of the COVID and kind of the new invitations for in-person, you know, situations and what that meant for everybody. Um, So taking stock is also about finding that peaceful place to sit with our pain, where we don't add in shame or blame, like, how do we ground our pain, so that we can hear what the meanings were of things? What does that, what does that mean to you or for the work that you're doing?
1: yeah, so I like once again, something personal for me from this past year, and I think it really ties in with my healthy self. There are these aspects of me um just growing up, even sometimes like up until today, I have I think my wounded self sometimes acts from a place of that perfectionism and feeling like I'm not doing enough, even if I'm like doing something every single day. there are times where I feel lost and I'm like, am I doing? enough like am I where I want to be and I really faced a little bit of this transition post-graduating and then kind of before getting on with KG and Associates and our business growing because I really felt like I was like I'm out of school now what like I just had school and work the past few years that I was like I'm busy I'm doing everything I need to and then kind of taking a bit of that pause where I was just navigating changes and what do I want for my goals? Um, a little bit of that perfectionism came up and I was feeling a little bit like I'm not doing enough. I just graduated, but now what? What was the point of graduating if I'm not getting to where I want? What is it? So I did feel very lost and I did see that wound itself kind of coming up for me. Um, but I think what really worked was that healthy self working alongside the wound itself. And that's something that, even with the work we do, I definitely like see um, people making those connections as well, where yeah. they where they're mindful about you know what was really hard for them in this past year or in this past day, but how did my healthy self kind of come in and help bring me out of that? So I really saw both of those selves working together, and that was what kind of stood out for me this year um, around that piece of like you know what was struggles like what was struggles for me, but also where was that empowerment for me? Um, what got me like where I am today?
0: Yeah, I think the shame wound, I don't know if you'd agree with this or not, is almost like the biggest or most common wound we see. and and whether people have experienced profound trauma or loss or shaming, uh, direct shaming, you know, we we are so easily uh, walking around with this not good enoughness. Mm-hmm. Um, i think that's the most common one we see so i'm 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 interested in hearing how that you know played out for you this year and um it kind of gets activated more easily i guess during these transitional times in our life um where things are kind of up for grabs so it's that awareness of that it is coming up and then what the, what the message is to tackle it. So this whole idea of maybe using the persistence to not give up, how did you eventually override this idea of that? You weren't good enough because there, there wasn't enough going on. How did you get, like, did you get through that? And if so, how did you, like, how, how do we help people kind of recover or heal their shame?
1: Yeah. So I think a huge part of it was that mindfulness piece really kind of reflecting back on what have I really accomplished here? Like maybe in this moment, I'm feeling lost. I don't know what the future holds, where my goals are going to take me, but what did I do to get here? And I kind of went back to that persistence and that like never giving up and then realizing that I am that person. So I will keep trying. I will keep being persistent, keep kind of trying to meet my goals, wherever that takes me, Um, taking new chances, taking new risks. Um, You know, like if people had to ask me a couple of years ago, I didn't see myself being in something like KG and Associates, like right out of graduating, starting something with you, Karen. Like it's it's honestly, I'd say has built my confidence so much. And that's really that persistence that keeps going. Like even between us and our work, there's so much growth every day that it's like, you need that push. You need to, I think I kind of just give myself that gentle push each day where it's like, okay, tomorrow's a new day. What am I going to learn? Where am I going to grow? Um, and I do see like that confidence just building and slowly kind of finding my path. Um, and a lot of it was that self-talk piece, honestly, personally for me. Yeah. Um, And the people around me, it was that constant like support. I was getting that motivation where people would literally tell me like, okay, pause for a second. You just finished your master's. You've been in the working field since you graduated why are you so hard on yourself? Like you will get to where you need to be. And then like hearing all that and kind of taking those own self-affirmations was really what brought me. And I won't say that like, it's like my wounded self never comes up. Of course it does. Like there are still times where like it creeps up, but then I'll just kind of pause again and be like, no, like, you know, bring that self-affirmation back, bring that positive self-talk back. And I think that's something that's really worked for me.
0: Yeah. I, I, yeah. Listen, what I'm hearing you say, right? Support is key even if we just have one person in our life that we trust, I think this is what, you know, the theory tells us, we need at least one secure attachment. And and whether that's a family, a friend, a coworker, like whoever that one person is, um, to give us that that baseline, to give us that inner security. So having people cheer, be our cheerleaders, right? Yes. Um, To give us a reality check. Um, Obviously the self-talk is key because, you know, we still believe that until we think differently, we don't feel differently. We don't Mm -hmm. do differently. And this, I, but what I love the most about what I just heard you say was this gentle push, right? And it's this little bit that we do every day, because of course the, you know, the wounded self is kind of hanging out in the corner, just waiting to jump in. So it's that little bit of, of, of meditation or mindfulness we do every day Mm -hmm. to figure out what to do with that voice. And it is that kind of what we talk about in the meditations, that balance Mm -hmm. gentle and power, that there's gentleness in the power, there's power in the gentleness Um, Because I I think gentleness kind of implies self compassion, um, that we can be easy on ourselves. So um, yeah, and so as we roll into 2023, all of those are so important, it seems for you around persistence, around being kind of connected with the not good enoughness, and um, how to kind of have those gentle pushes, the support, Mm -hmm. self talk, and the persistence all kind of working together. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's interesting. You said the word perfection. I don't know. We just seem to also come up against that so much. I think the two are connected. I think where there is shame, there is perfectionism. Some people with shame go to the other end of the continuum where they're reckless and Mm -hmm. unparalleled. But more often than not, we see people striving for perfection as some, you know, validation that we're good enough. Yes. Um, so I had, you know, a thrilling year and then, you know, uh, there, the last month has been fraught with all kinds of, uh, issues and, uh, different things that happened that I didn't expect that in some ways broke the perfect year. Oh my God, broke the, I was having a perfect year (laughs) until this. And, um, yeah, so for me, that was growth, right. Inevitably was about, um, you know, what that roller coaster meant for me, because I can get so excited when things are going so well, and perfect. And, and I'm riding this perfect, you know, uh, place, and then, um, and then life kind of comes in, and the universe delivers us some imperfections. And so for me, it was about finding the resilience Um, and and feeling that even though things were happening that were painful or surprising or unexpected how do I not let it undo this previous perfect chapter you know and it was just a great reminder to me about um, the imperfections of life Mm -hmm. and that you know it's kind of like what Brene Brown says about joy that that we we are most vulnerable when we're letting ourselves have that joy knowing that it may not last knowing that yes. things might change but but to not let that take away from our joy so somehow i had to figure out how to integrate the last month of what seemed like one thing after another going wrong and and not let that take away all the joy of the first you know 11 months of the yes. year Uh, or 10 months of the year um, and to kind of find a way to roll with it so I did I did deep meditation Um, I had the benefit of going to the Sahara desert in June and I uh, we we got into the camp and I just dropped everything and ran out to the sand dunes I couldn't believe the expanse that was there And I went to the top of one dune and I just kind of sat there and I didn't even plan this. But what came to me was sometimes when you're back at home, you get pulled into all of these stressful craziness and it's not worth it. Like it just like it honestly, Janice, it just like came to me. So when I was going through all these frustrations in November, I at one point luckily, I had journaled that meditation. And I was literally sitting in my living room. And one night, I'm like, I don't know how to feel with this. I don't know what to do with this. I pick up my phone. And there was my meditation from the sand Mm -hmm. dunes. And I literally like I, I don't think I cried. I think I just like laughed out loud. But it was one of those like, aha moments. So that was it for me, the idea that it was a reminder that imperfections don't take away our joy, yes, if, if, unless we let it. And how to kind of maintain the the resilience of joy or the vulnerability of joy, and somehow integrate the imperfections without wiping mm-hmm. it all out, you know?
1: Yeah, no, still I love active.
0: that. Like I'm still actively working this through. <laughs> I'm still feeling wounded from the last month, yes. but I work, it's, a, it's a work in progress. So I know what I want to take from this year into next year. One is the mindfulness of the skydive and how mm-hmm. I did that. And two, I'm uh, working through this balance of perfect, not perfect, um, and how to kind of embrace the imperfections without wiping out the joys, Right so it's personal right like everybody will have their stories from 2022 and what to take forward and so I feel like I feel like that is like overlapping with this whole idea of resolutions but yet it just means so much more don't you think
1: absolutely like I I'm honestly really loving this conversation and it's gotten kind of me to think about it in a new way too like if like you summarize, like if I have, this is what I'm taking kind of that persistence and never giving up, but also like being aware of like those feelings of not being good enough and then really being mindful of it. And that's kind of like now in this conversation, as I go into like this long vacation where I'm kind of just like, you know, getting away, um, re rejuvenating, I like to call it. Um, I'm going to come, come
0: back with the new year taking this. So I really like, I'm happy we did this. Um, yeah, mean, and too, spoke right. about this. Yeah. yeah. And I think for any of our listeners out there, you know, I guess this is going to be called, you know, why resolutions don't work. But yeah, maybe for anybody who's listening to us on this podcast, um, maybe it invites you as well to think about taking stock of 2022 at a heart level. Um being proud of the moments that you think you were at your best or what you proved to yourself you can do and and how you did it and what that means for taking into 2023 to be on the lookout for building more of those moments but also having the peace and ability to sit with the pain mm-hmm. and go one level deeper on what that all meant and what that invites you to do differently as an or better or from a stronger place moving forward Uh, I think those are the elements that actually get us closer to what we really want so we can take full advantage of that of that benchmark date January 1 so
1: Yeah, yeah I I think it also takes away that pressure component of it um like I said like In that one month where you place all this pressure now it's not so much pressure because you're really being mindful of what went well in the past year what am i taking forward to learn from so it kind of has that like balance like i said you kind of tune into your heart it removes that mind pressure where you're only thinking from your mind and placing like these resolutions
0: yeah because then the pressure is too great we end up sabotaging it somehow and then we feel worse for it not working and then yeah it's just yes no way to live. So well, Janice, happy new year. I'll see you next <laughs> Thank year. Uh, you. Have safe travels. I'm so thrilled that you have this opportunity. And uh it's been a great year for KG and Associates. And I can only imagine what we've got coming down the pipe for next year in terms of the work we do with children and also um, our integrated systemic approach for families. So have a great time off and I'll see you next year.
1: Thanks. You too, Karen.